Well, today is a big day in the life of our church. Every Sunday is a big day in the life of our church because it's the day when we're able to gather together, to worship together, to pray God together. It's a real joy and privilege to be a part of a church family that gathers together on a Sunday to encourage one another in our faith. But today is a particularly special day. Uh, because today we've gathered not just to worship, uh, but as a part of our worship, we'll be also gathering to um, celebrate with Susanna as she's baptised and as she publicly declares her faith in Jesus this morning. Now, some of you who might be visiting to see Susanna be baptised today, or some of you who've been around church for a while, um, might be wondering what on earth is going on. Uh, Why is it that people feel the need to get up early on a Sunday morning and come out to church? Do these people not have anything better to do? Or you might be wondering, why on earth does Susanna want to go into a moderately lukewarm pool of water, be submerged in front of a whole load of people? I know we're in a bit of a heat wave at the moment, but surely there's got to be something more to it than this. What is going on this morning? Well, last week, uh, we started a little mini-series um, looking at Matthew chapter 3 called New Beginnings. And uh, if you weren't with us last week, I'll give you a very quick catch-up, and then we're going to continue um, with the rest of the chapter in a few moments' time. But when we picked up the story, 400 years, the, God, the people had never heard a word from God. It had all gone quiet. People were wondering what was happening. And then a voice, a new voice rose up, a prophetic voice from John the Baptist. And his message was very simple. His message was repent. And, uh, and as we heard last week, that's repent, not in a negative way, but in a really good way. A message to repent, to get themselves, for people to get themselves ready. Because God was on the move. God was about to do something special. And as we'll see in a few moments' time, that starts to be unveiled in our passage this morning. So as we do so, we see why it is in our passage this morning that people still come to church on a Sunday morning. It's not that they've got nothing better to do, it's that they actually think it's really good to be in church. It's why Susanna is going to be baptised this morning. Because when we see and we realise who Jesus is, when we realise who he is and what he has done, we believe this is a life-changing moment. It changed my life. It changed many people's lives here in this room. And we also believe it can change your life too. So we're going to read God's word together in a moment. Um, And uh, if you've got your Bibles, you're more than welcome to follow along with me. Uh, We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 3, starting at verse 13. And the word's will be up on the screen as well. Uh, But before we do that, let's pray, and uh, then I will read God's word to us this morning. Father God, we thank you that you are the God who loves us so much, as we've already sung and been reminded this morning. And Lord, as we come to look at this passage together now, Lord, we pray that you will continue to reveal more of who you are to each one of us. Would you show us that who Jesus is, what he has done, why it is that we gather? And may that not just be an academic experience, Lord, but would we see you and know you in our hearts? 
that we might feel your presence here amongst us as we look at your word together now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Matthew chapter 3, starting at verse 13, the baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. This is a moment of new beginning. Jesus is right at the start of his ministry. And uh, we don't know much about what happened in Jesus's life up until this point. As we said last week, we know he was born in a stable. We know he had a few escapades when he was a teenager, like we all do. Uh, But... We don't really know much else until Jesus is about 30 when this account happens. But we do know that from this moment going forward, not only would Jesus' life be changed, not only would the rest of the world be changed, but also so would the rest of history, for it's the reason that we are all here this morning. So how do we see this life-changing moment of Jesus' baptism being revealed to us today? And how do we hit, and how do, and one way that we can hear that, inv- that life-changing moment is to hear Jesus' invitation that he makes to us all. This passage starts with John the Baptist baptizing crowds of people in the River Jordan. But then out of the crowd comes Jesus. And as he comes out, he says to John and says, Oi, John, you're baptizing all these other people. How about you baptize me as well? Now, what really fascinates me here is John's response to Jesus. Jesus had asked to be baptized, but verse 14 tells us that John tried to deter him saying that I need to be baptised by you rather than me baptise you, John tried to deter Jesus. Now, on one hand, I get it. It makes complete sense. John the Baptist knew who Jesus was. When, If you think back to the Christmas story, I know it's the middle of summer and I've just mentioned the C word, but bear with me. When Jesus was first born, before he was even born, the angel came to Mary to tell, him that, or tell her that she was going to have God's son. And who did Mary go and speak to? She went to go and speak to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth herself was pregnant at the time with John. John the Baptist. So John and Jesus weren't like strangers meeting for the first time in this passage. The likelihood is they grew up together. They got into all kinds of mischief together. They were best mates. They were not just strangers. They were family and friends. John knew, therefore, that there was something different about Jesus. 
He'd seen it with his own eyes as Jesus had grown up. He'd, had no, he'd, have, no doubt, um, he, he'd have had no doubt that all that the angel had told Mary, that Mary told Elizabeth, and that Elizabeth had undoubtedly told him, was about to be fulfilled through Jesus. Even before Jesus began his ministry, John believed. And if Jesus was the long-promised, long-awaited Son of God, Messiah, who was he to baptise him? Surely, if anything, it should have been the other way round. It was perfectly logical. It made perfect sense. But this is the thing. God was doing a new thing. And John had been invited to be a part of it. And yet, he tried to deter Jesus thinking that he knew better. How easy it can be for us all to miss out on the new beginnings of what God is doing, because either we don't hear the invitation or we don't understand the invitation and we try to deter what God is inviting us into. How easy it can be for us to feel like we shouldn't play our part in what Jesus is wanting to do through us. Feeling like we're not worthy enough, thinking we're not gifted enough, thinking it's like something that we shouldn't be doing, counting ourselves out when Jesus has invited us in. How many of us have done that? Counted ourselves out when all Jesus wants to do is invite us in. This morning, Jesus is continuing to do a new thing. In our world, in our communities, he's always breathing life and hope into all situations, into all circumstances. And he can do the same thing today. In fact, I believe he's inviting us all in to that today. But as he invites us in, are we willing to play our part? Are you willing to hear that invitation that Jesus is making to you? Could it be today that Jesus is inviting you into his life-changing story, and yet in some way you feel inadequate? Could it be that you're being invited in, but you're somehow resistant because it feels uncomfortable or unnatural or unnormal to you? Do you want to see change come in your life, but you're unwilling to be a part of what Jesus is inviting you into? You're trying to deter Jesus. May we hear Jesus' invitation to play our part in what he has planned. I love the last three verses of, of last three words of verse, oh, verse 15 that show us how we can do this. John, we're told, then consented. Now, you'd have thought that having grown up with Jesus, um, John would have realised that starting an argument with the Son of God was only going to go one way. Uh, There's only one winner in that situation. Even the greatest minds in Cambridge University are going to lose out on that one. If Jesus tells you to do something, just go with it. He's right. You're not going to win. John deterred Jesus, but then he consented. This morning, what is Jesus inviting you into? Will you hear 
his invitation that you might see the new beginning that he alone can offer being unveiled in your life. To hear the invitation of Jesus, one thing we can do to help us catch that message is to change our focus. Verse 15 might seem a little difficult to understand in the translation that we read uh, together this morning. What does it mean to fulfill all righteousness anyway? It makes my head boggle and I'm a minister of a church, but don't tell anyone. Um, I'm a simple guy and I much prefer the translation in the New Living uh, Translation that simply says this. Jesus responded, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. John didn't understand it. Jesus had asked to be baptised. It was only natural for John to ask, who am I, Lord? But Jesus saw it differently. He wanted to please his father. This was about a matter of obedience. God the Father had sent him into this world and he'd done so with a purpose. And that purpose was to restore and transform this world and all that is in it for good. And that all started with Jesus going to a prophet out in the wilderness and asking to be baptised by him. Now, we could go deep into the theology of this passage this morning. We could look into the prophetic imagery that there is as Jesus comes out and asks to be baptised with the rest of the crowd by John. But, like I say, I'm a simple guy and we don't have time for that this morning. Um, Instead, John had simply got the wrong end of the stick. That's some map theology for you there. He hadn't fully grasped who it was that Jesus was and what he had come to do. John saw Jesus as the Son of God, worthy of all praise, worthy of all honour. And of course, that's who Jesus is. But this is the wonderful message of the Christian faith, that yes, Jesus is worthy of all praise and honour, but that's not all he is. He didn't come just to be praised and to be exalted, but he also came to be humbled and to serve. John didn't see it yet, but as Jesus would later say in Matthew chapter 20, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve by obeying his Father. Jesus came to serve by humbling himself for each one of us. Jesus came to serve that he might reveal the love that God has for each one of us. He served as he was willing to sacrifice himself for us. Just take a moment to to capture that image. He who is worthy of all praise and honour and adoration sacrificed that, that he, all that he was that he might be baptised by John, just like the rest of the crowd that afternoon. Yesterday it was the king's birthday, wasn't it? A great time of pomp and celebration and King Louis going like that on the balcony. Um, uh, But imagine then walking down and seeing the king serving you in a Greg's sausage roll. Jesus' sacrifice and humility is far greater even than that. 
because Jesus is even greater and more worthy of praise than the king. And he served us even more beautifully than serving as a, a sausage roll in Greg's uh, or wherever else you might want to imagine Jesus serving. And, that is, uh, and this passage is only where Jesus' sacrifice started. This moment of humility and sacrifice as Jesus chose to be baptized rather than to baptize was the first on a journey that ultimately led to the greatest act of obedience, the greatest act of love, the greatest service that Jesus could ever make. As he was nailed to the cross to bear my sin, to bear my shame, that my life might be forever changed that my life might be forever, that your life, sorry, might be forever changed. That is the sacrifice of Jesus. This morning, where could you change your focus that you might hear the invitation of Jesus to count yourself in rather than to count yourself out, to participate in the new beginning that Jesus alone can offer to you? Where might you be holding on to your thoughts, holding on to your plans, holding on to your dreams, instead of looking to what God requires of you and what God is inviting you into? Would you, like John, be willing to loosen your grip on your understanding that Jesus might serve you rather than be served? As well as a change of focus, we also need to, uh, to embrace a change of identity if we are to hear Jesus' invitation to us this morning. As Jesus is baptised by John, uh, he emerges out of the water and there's this wonderful scene as the whole of heaven opens and the spirit descends on Jesus like a dove and the voice of heaven is audibly heard, declaring, this is my son, whom I love, with him, I am well pleased. Again, we could do a deep dive into the theology and the scriptural significance of this statement that Jesus is both the messianic king and the suffering servant who is loved by God. But I'm a simple guy and we don't have time for that. So just let me offer these simple observations to you this morning. Firstly, the voice of heaven declared for all to hear to Jesus, this is my son. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is who is Jesus to you? There's no doubt historically that a man called Jesus lived and walked the earth. There's little doubt historically that he did wonderful and unexplainable things. There's little doubt that he had quite a following of people and that lasted some time. You're a part of them today. There's little doubt that Jesus lived, that he walked this earth. The question is, who is Jesus to you? Is this all just a coincidence? Or could it be that Jesus is who God said he is? This is my son. Is Jesus the son of God? If we recognise that Jesus is the son of God... Just that realisation alone will change your life forever. I assure you, it changed mine, um, and I'm sure it will change yours. 
One way that your life will be changed is by recognizing that you have a new identity. When we recognize who Jesus is, we quickly realize that God doesn't just want to say, this is my son whom I love to Jesus, as he did as he was baptized. But he says the same message to you and to me as well. As Susanna is baptized today, we might not hear the great big booming voice of heaven. We might not hear the spirit descend like a dove. But I can assure you that God this morning will be saying to Susanna as she goes into the baptistry and out the other side, this is my child whom I love. With her, I am well pleased. And he says the same to you as well. If you're willing to put your life in his hands and be obedient to all that he's inviting you into. In the book of Ephesians, Paul tells uh, us that Jesus chose us, saying that God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. This is true for Susanna, it's true for me, and it's true for each and every person in this room. God has chosen to adopt you, to say, you are my child. He wants to bring you into his family because, believe it or not, you give him great pleasure. When we grasp this, it transforms how we see ourselves It transforms the way we live our lives. No longer am I just Matt, but I'm a child of God. No longer am I insignificant. No longer does my life not matter. No longer am I from a broken background. No longer do I have nowhere to belong. I have a heavenly father who loves me. And not only does he love me, but he chose me. And he and I give him great pleasure. I am God's child, and he loves me. And the same can be true for you. The most famous verse in the Bible uh, that you've probably heard Christians talking about for decades and centuries, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. It's not the most famous verse in the Bible by coincidence. It's famous because it's true. It's famous because it's life-changing. God loves you. He gave his all for you. Jesus came to be served, not to, or, or to serve, not to be served. He served you. He sacrificed himself for you, that you might know life and life in all its fullness. That's the invitation that Jesus is inviting you into this morning. You are God's child. You are loved. And the challenge is that we might live our lives in a way that continues to please our Heavenly Father. This is the declaration that Susanna makes today, that not only does she know that God loves her, but she wants to live the rest of her life in a way that pleases him. Paul puts puts it to the church in Ephesus this way, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. 
live as children of light and find out what pleases the Lord. Today we're reminded that there is a new beginning at hand. It started as Jesus was baptised in the River Jordan, as we heard uh, in our reading today, and it continues today as Susanna is baptised right here in this baptistry. A new thing is at hand. Our lives can be forever changed. We can find life and life in all its fullness. We can have hope, hope that will never fade, that will never let us down. But will we hear and accept his invitation? Will we hear what Jesus is inviting us into and stop counting ourselves out? God wants to say to each one of us, you are my child. I love you, and with you, I'm well pleased. The question is, will we accept that Jesus says over us today? Will we accept that he's adopted us into his family? Jesus will never force us on himself. He will invite us, but it's up to us how we respond. Will we count ourselves in? Or will we count ourselves out? This morning, the invitation is being made to us all. May we welcome him into our lives. May we accept the love that he has shown to us. Today is a big day. If you hear and accept and are willing to accept that invitation that Jesus makes to you today, I can assure you, that just like me, just like Susanna, just like most of us here today, your life will be forever changed. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for that mind-blowing truth that you look at each one of us and you say, this is my child whom I love. With them, I am well pleased. Lord Jesus, this morning, we thank you that you invite us into the fullness of that statement, that we might know life and life in all its fullness, that we might know the love that you have shown to us through Jesus. And Lord, today, this morning, we just simply ask, would you continue to reveal what you are inviting us into. And may we be bold enough, confident enough, faith-filled enough to say, I'm not going to count myself out any longer. But Jesus, I want to count myself in to all that you are inviting me into. I want to know that I am not just myself, but I'm your child, you've adopted me, you love me, that I please you. Jesus, would you continue to reveal that in each one of our lives? This morning we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.